specialized blend of five electrolytes, sodium, Ooh. potassium, magnesium, calcium, and chloride. Huh. Wonder how they got all those in there. You mean, you mean to tell me there's salt in Gatorade? Oh, this isn't Gatorade. This is Gator Light. <laughs> Their Pedialyte competitor. <laughs> It comes taco. It, okay, Oy. it comes in in cucumber lime flavor, which is objectively the best flavor. But they yes, quit making it in Gatorade. It's only Gator Light, which also has way less sugar. So, I was gonna say something, but now I can't remember what it was. What are the odds? He's gonna be a he's gonna be a bitch until I feed him. I think is what is going to happen. Um, unless I pawn him off on Emma. <laughs> No, let's just let's just get started with the episode. Hello, listeners. This is your host and keeper, Kat. This week, we're back to the usual mystery with Euphrema and Riley attending a psychics convention in North Jersey. I'm excited to see where this story goes as it evolves, because after this episode, it's got a lot of evolving to do. The next few episodes are going to rule. We don't have Emma for this recording, but don't worry. Bev will be doing their own adventure parallel to the main story for this mystery. It didn't make a ton of sense narratively for Bev to go with the other two at first. So, Bev gets a guidance story that motivates them to join back up with the other two, while Euphrema and Riley work on a psychic convention mystery. Also, while I'm at it, thank you for your patience with this episode. On our last release date, Erica was up in Toronto visiting us, and we just didn't have time with all four of us spending time together to work on the episode. We had a good time taking that little break for all of us, so we thank you again for your patience. If you're on Blue Sky, you can find each of us individually at our usual handles. If you missed the shitposting, you will find it on Blue Sky. We've also elected to create a new Tumblr blog at Danger Square Media, where we'll be doing episode write-ups, new game announcements, and general art sharing. If you don't use either platform but still want to keep up to date or just prefer a newsletter, email us at hello at dangersquare.ca with the subject line Danger Square Newsletter. That'll help us gauge whether or not we also want to start making an email distribution list so that you can get those announcements in your inbox. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your favorite psychics and spirits, which is not alliterative like ghosts and ghouls, but it's sort of... It, it, it still works, right? At me on Blue Sky if it doesn't work. We're fans of Good Pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via Skeet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout out on the show. Now, without further ado, let's save the world. your rainbow nails by the way i don't know that i've mentioned it thanks you need it's... more fingers so you can do a gilbert baker flag though 
Well, I mean, it's just like it's 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 a it's a trend right now. Like it's you kind of you kind of it's 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 given a little bit Google Chrome. Oh yeah, I'm sponsored by McLaren. <laughs> okay, so at the end of the last episode. Riley was told to tail Euphrema to keep her away from the Order, and given a lead on something weird happening potentially at a psychics convention in suburban New Jersey. So I think you guys are probably in Euphrema's car. Riley, how do you feel about being in a car that is older than you? I mean... Like, significantly older than you. Yeah, I, it's... I'm sure it's not my first experience in a beat-up old car. Like, the Northeast is full of rust buckets. Hey, it's not beat up. Euphrema takes very good care of it. Yeah, and in that that case, like, it's probably better than most of my friends' high school cars. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's a it's one of the like old 1980s, like a 1988 Ford Crown Victoria with the bench seat in the front. Yeah. Rad. As long as it's got a seatbelt, I'm good. Seatbelt not guaranteed I believe to work. Seat belts, I believe seatbelts were required for those, but the um, the middle seat does just have a lap band. Well, it's a good thing I'm not in the middle seat. Okay, so um, in that case, uh, the two of you are driving along. It's probably you know I- I'd say you probably because we last left off on we last left off sort of t- towards the end of a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, very specifically, um, Riley, you probably had time to go home and get a bunch of clothes and stuff like that, just because you're going to be on the road for a while, probably. Right. So um, you meet up with Euphrema at probably like Newark Penn, just because that's the easiest one for you guys to meet at. That's about right. Yeah. And it is now Friday afternoon. As you drive along the highway, you notice a truly decaying sort of a sprawl. The I-80 corridor is full of old brick buildings that house businesses where you're not sure exactly how those businesses stay afloat. There's something that you particularly notice as you get out towards an intersection of three major highways. There's almost nothing for third spaces around here. Anything that isn't meant to serve the discerning wealthy suburbanite palette is pushed off into the comparative squalor of mid-century architecture. Dotting rows of pretentious stores with modern facades are relics of a bygone regional culture, the kind that seems to be turning scarce across the country. There's a bougie pizza place on the other side of the highway with valet parking, and it's like mid-afternoon on a Friday and this pizza place is empty. Then, just like 300 feet away, there's a lively family-run pizza place that seems to actually have people from the area going to it. There's drivers going out the door while a family of four walks in. As we continue westward, the camera sweeps past a hot dog cart sitting next to a skeezy video store that also advertises that it sells Kratom, CBD, and poppers. (laughs) Uh, But that is the old world, the one that's dying. Immediately after it, we see luxury car dealerships flanking either side of the highway. Bentley sit unmolested by weird TikTok influencers in a small lot next to an Audi dealer. Just beyond an unholy intersection of highway, despite the sleepiness of it all, there sits a hotel whose sign is overshadowed by that of an attached restaurant. On the sign's letterboard spelled out with only a few convenient letter replacements is an ad that says, 
Espacon, January 19th to 21st. Psychic convention, exclamation. Below that is another line that says, Trattoria de Luca, grand opening January 12th. As Euphrama sits at the light of a jug handle, the camera continues through the red light and into the hotel across the street. Inside the conference rooms, amid the gentle din of conversations, there are tables laid out in a grid pattern. Some of them are covered by ostentatious velvet cloth, while they're still with printed esoterica on cotton. Nameplates sit at the end of each table as we sweep past quickly, only getting a chance to see the occasional Madam or The Great, but never quite a name. At the far end of the room on a dais sits an ornate wooden box engraved with the word predictions, backstopped by Bristol board photographs of the event headliners, including TV psychic Robert Alvin. An announcement comes over a poorly set up sound system and a crackling voice. Everyone to the front for the grand prediction. The light turns green and you pull into the parking lot. So have you been to one of these before? Oh, yeah. it seems I- I've okay. been to a couple. Never I- like seriously. But you kind of know the protocol, as it were. Yeah, a bunch of people claim to be psychic, set up tables, and sell readings for 20 to $50. Um, have you ever picked up anything weird at one of these? No, I've, okay, I've yet to meet a psychic that, like, actually did something. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, um. Like, back, back when I was a kid, my friend and I would go to these things and, like, try to get, like, relationship predictions. Like, and just beep. That would be roll 20. Okay. Yes, Erica is rolling the beginning of mystery sect move. Because <laughs> this seems like the beginning of our mystery. In fact, it is. <gasps> which means it is the correct time to do that. The so, window um, I didn't have open beeps. <laughs> so if I, am, if I am in good standing with my sect at the beginning of a mystery, I roll plus charm. I rolled an eight, which means um, I get a mission associated with the mystery, which we've kind of already... Yes, we we, can, we kind of already have that. And um, I, I don't know that you're in the best standing with the sect right now, though. You know? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> you did kind of lie to them. They're a little bit... They, you did also very much fail the mission that they assigned you. I did the thing mm. that they asked. <laughs> Janet and Rosetta were not exorcised. Maybe they're just stronger than exorcism. Maybe they're like land spirits now. I mean, they're, they, they sort of are, they've kind of taken on because of the positive associations they have, because they're just two ladies who love skating. Mm -hmm. They have sort of taken on this level of spiritual power that is propped up by the people of New York. So in a sense, it might've been fairly difficult for them to be exercised. So, Euphrema, you were saying that you and Swampy, I believe, were... So, yeah, my friend Swampy and I would go to these things, get, like, relationship readings, like, see how many kids we're going to have or something. We weren't dating at the time. It was hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I mean, I feel like we used to do that, but with the little paper fortune cookie things that you you flipped open and closed. Yeah, but this was funnier because people think they're good at this stuff. Well, fair, yeah. Um... And somehow I doubt I'm going to end up in a shack. I forget. M- Mash? You ever play that with mansion, apartment, shack, house? I think, yeah. Anyhow, 
Um, I forget why I'm going to this convention. I know I need to keep an eye on Euphrema. It was specifically to distract Euphrema from anything major. You're sort of throwing so there, chump change n- at her. Okay, but there was not actually something they were pointing me toward at this con. It was just like, this is a good distraction. We need you to Pretty keep an much. eye on her. Yeah, cool. Um, um, yeah, well, I, I don't think okay like i said i just kind of got a weird vibe telling me to go here um i doubt it's one of the psychics calling or putting out an energy again do you get weird weird feelings like that a lot you know uh depends where i am um i'm just gonna set my own downfall here (laughs) it's yeah uh honestly i'm not sure i understand the world well enough to understand why I get the feelings I do, which is kind of nice to have you because obviously it's not something I can really talk about. Um, but you don't, you aren't gonna like turn me into the FBI or whatever for being a weirdo. Yeah, no, people um, tend to like that about me. I, you know, it. There's there's something nice about that. Um, and so yeah, I just it's. It's not like I can, it's not a premonition, right? I'm not here predicting the future about these people trying to predict the future. There's just something weird. Although that would be meta so, as hell. Yeah. Um, okay. if, believe me, if I could predict the future, I wouldn't be a broke uh, library sciences student. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a hydrologist but, or something. Well, that's my undergrad. And then it turns out when you, you're an adult and you graduate college and you don't know what you're doing with your life, you go to grad school. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you from a kind of like blank face at that like you do what <laughs> i got a car <laughs> well yeah um i'm guessing our both of my parents are professors so like i just oh, kind of grew up oh yeah that makes more sense at Philston college and then ended up there and didn't really know where to go anyhow um you want to go in and find this mystery? Yes. I don't Sweet. know how all of your stuff works, so I'm going to... Well... You I, take the lead, and I will let you know if I get any weird vibes. Okay, because I'm not sure what I'm going to need for this. <laughs> this is going to be new. Uh, do we have to pay for registration to get in? Um, it's regi- uh, Very specifically, registration does not cost anything unless you are vending. The goal for this event is to get foot traffic through the door to pay the individual psychics, so there's no registration fee. Cool. Um, but you are greeted by um, the hotel manager, a early 30s white guy with pushed back, not slicked back hair. Um, his name tag says Brayden Winters, um, and he directs you towards the conference rooms. There are also signs everywhere, but, you know, like, the hotel manager is also going to be fairly actively involved in these sorts of things. And as you enter, there is a there's a bit of a crowd around the front of the, or I guess the back of the conference room, where the podium is, where the where the like raised stage is, and over the crackly, gross-sounding loudspeaker, you hear someone reading out what sounds like predictions, and the crowd is quiet. Normally, you get the sense that this is abnormal for this crowd. It should be a lot because more excited. Every, 
every single prediction marks some gruesome death for Tiffy psychic Robert Elvin. Every different people making predictions. Yes. Like, are people going up to do the predictions, or...? No, these are predictions that were sealed in a box at the end of the last convention. Oh, shit. And they are now being opened as part of this convention. And it's uncanny that every single one of them is predicting some gruesome death for this one man. I think I might know what the weird vibe is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, jeez. I thought it'd be hard to find. Um, I'll walk up to someone in the crowd and just be like, sorry, I, I'm, did this Robert guy die? Uh, the man that you walk up to is wearing deeply ostentatious clothing, including a, like, very pointy goatee. Um, he's got a sort of, he, he looks like he is playing to the historical image of Vlad Tepish. Lost me there. Vlad the Impaler. Oh, okay. Um, and he flourishes his hand and gives you an elaborate bow. Good afternoon, young lady. I am Casimir Visions. May I help you? Oh, I just, uh, me and my friend just walked in uh, late. I, they're reading the predictions. I, I'm a local. I, this isn't, who's Robert? And why is everyone, is, is the death, is the death, is this like a tradition? Sorry, again, I'm not, this isn't my normal scene. I just thought it sounded interesting. It is quite strange, you see. Normally, maybe one or two of the predictions are the same. But this time they are all the death of TV psychic Robert Alden. But none of us psychics can recall making that prediction. I'm pretty sure I predicted there would be a new restaurant. Oh, like uh, at the Lucas place down the road? Yeah, uh, not down the road, attached to the hotel. Oh, Trattoria I got, de Luca. I got so screwed up on the uh, jug handle. They are a bit of a weird quirk. Okay, so if no one made the predictions, how'd they get in the box then? Do you think someone messed with the box? There is a timed lock. It cannot be opened for 365 days. Huh, we won't have hit the leap here yet, so that won't adjust anything. Wait, oh, uh, we do account wouldn't for that the mean, leap year. Oh, wouldn't thank that you. mean next year your convention has to be on like a Tuesday? Uh, okay, so we do add a day or two to account for weekends. It's uh, a programmable okay. lock. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, very weird. Truly magical. Please allow me. And he flourishes. He does like a snap and a business card appears between his fingers. You get the sense that he has been palming it for like 20 minutes. It's, like a, it's a little bit damp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's laminated so that the wet isn't super noticeable. It's like a high gloss laminate. But it's really warm. Yes. <laughs> Your friend will take that and it reads, read it over professionally looking. Yes, it, it reads Casimir Visions, Psychic Extraordinaire. And then it has a pager number and uh, it doesn't have a cell phone number. It's It's got a landline and pager. This guy hasn't been paid in 30 years. <laughs> You get the sense that he probably ordered like 2,000 of these in the late 90s and then just hasn't had to order anymore because he doesn't give out a lot of business cards. Oh, goodness. That landline might not even be right. Um, so, 
Casimir, um, do you have any intuitions or vision? Raises his fingers to his temples. About what happened here? This is so, I mean, can, ex- ex- exciting. Only be that the fates have sealed the fate of Robert Alvin. Will Robert Alvin be here? He is the guest of honor. Ooh. And the keynote speaker. We have a very exciting keynote on uh, the specifics of cold reading. I mean, uh, I, reading during the winter is a, a nice activity. Um, Ephraim just puts a hand on uh, Riley's shoulder. Like, no, no, not that kind of reading. Wait, I am seeing something for you. Your name, Riley. Yeah. Ephraim is actively trying not to laugh. <laughs> I see in your future tremendous responsibility. The weight of an entire organization upon your shoulders. Perhaps you will become a CEO. I wow, that's I, I I'll let you know. <laughs> you have yeah. my car. We have his contact I, info. Okay. Am I supposed am I supposed to tip him? I don't know what the deal is. The here. first reading is free. Oh, you heard that. That is the um, Casimir Visions guarantee. Wow. Um well thank you. I'm really excited. Your friend. I see something in your future as well. Uh-huh. You both carry the auspices of the tremendous weight of responsibility. It is auspicious meeting you. The world rests on your shoulders. Eugenia. Want to try that again? Eudora. Good enough. <laughs> okay, let's try to get a little bit closer and listen a bit more. I think one of you at this point should probably um, roll to investigate a mystery. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, I get no experience ever. Jeez. You do the things that you're good at. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay, so you may ask two questions from the investigate a mystery list. Um, and... There's a there's a set of alternate rules. I feel like I remember reading. Yeah, it's right below. Investigative mystery, investigative mystery, flexible alternative. I don't from the tome from the tome of mysteries. Here. Yes, I just don't. When you say right below, <laughs> in the uh, roll twenty character sheet. In the roll twenty PDF. Uh, the yeah, the roll twenty character sheet. But I I pasted it. So. Thank you. Yes. Ooh. So if you would prefer to use the flexible alternate, I'm open to doing that as well. Ask the keeper two general questions or one specific question based on how you, how you are investigating. They will tell you honestly and good detail what you discover. So my line of thinking here is how does the locked box become tampered with? But I'm wondering how to specifically word that without it just um, being like... And also I need to know how you are investigating. Are you just listening in? Are you actually looking at the lockbox? Because I don't think you'd be able to get that information from just listening. And I I don't know that you're able to get up there and touch the lockbox. The crowd is probably like whispering theories to each other, right? There's definitely a lot of crowd chatter. You get the feeling that there's a lot of extras in the background saying rhubarb. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love rhubarb. Okay, so based on topping to the Vlad Tepish impersonator and the information we got from him. Casimir Visions. I know I wanted to call him a Vlad Tepish impersonator. (laughs) I just really love the name Casimir Visions. So I think between that and timed lock, is that something that would be easy to look up while in the crowd? Uh, What do you mean by look up? 
like online, like Googling how the fuck does a timed lock work. It's going to take forever to find the result because your friend's phone is so old. Um, I would, I would say that, um, that's maybe not something that you would need to roll investigate a mystery to do. I'm laying out the steps here of, of how I think your friend is going mm-hmm. about it. So it's like, there's okay. talking to the guy, there's... Maybe if she can see the lock even, like, try to look up a specific model for, like, defects. You do find a lock-picking lawyer video. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, he doesn't precisely pick it so much as, like, vigorously shake it open. But in the process, it breaks. And this one definitely isn't broken. Unless a replacement was brought in. Really wouldn't be any way to know that. So. Actually, um, it does look like from the digital screen, it counts up, not down. So from what you are able to tell, this is the original lock. Okay. Then how do I word this? How does someone get into the locked box and replace all the predictions to set up a murder? The honest answer is not one that I'm sure you would intuit. That's fair. Because the honest, the honest answer is magic. I mean, you're from a nose magic's real now. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's almost as if you, through sort of Holmesian deduction, <laughs> eliminate the other possibilities such that, however improbable, the solution that remains is the truth. Ugh. Because the box itself is made out of um, fairly well-constructed wood. The craftsmanship on it is is pretty impressive. Like, there's dovetail joins and stuff like that it's like it looks good as hell someone who is a hobbyist woodworker put their whole pussy into this thing <laughs> it cost a pretty penny and nobody would be willing to damage that even for this uh, not even sawing a hole in the bottom yeah so i think your friend is going to open up like whatever note app she has and write out hey do you think could you magic those ballots into the box and then pass it off to Riley? Because that's not something you want to say out loud, especially in a psychic fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People will hear that shit. Riley, Euphrema is asking if you think you would be able to magic ballots into that box as the one practitioner of magic that she knows. Yeah, sorry, you're my expert now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Yeah, I suppose I'll respond like probably question mark. I've never done anything like that before. Trying to think if there's anything else we can do while watching the presentation to like get I'm a gonna, better idea. I'm gonna look around. Is there anyone doing anything behind like everyone's attention is on that box right now while this is happening? So it'd be the prime time for someone to do something shady in the back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a quick scan. I don't know if that's an investigative mystery or what, but um, yeah, I think that's an investigative mystery. We love investigating mysteries. I mean, you should be doing that a lot early on, right? Yeah. Mark experience. <laughs> well, that's a level. Nice. Okay, so at the end of the session, let us know what you're going to take. Yep, sorry, someone just rang the doorbell. It's Casimir Visions. Um, <laughs> you should also you should also heal your harm from the last mystery. Oh, right. Yeah, I got that. Plenty of that. Um, so on a failure, while you go to look for something shady, you instead see a TV handsome gentleman 
with medium brown hair and warm undertoned pale skin and the most shocking blue eyes you've ever seen. Like, the kind of blue that seems to bore through your soul. And then next to him, you see a Bristol board poster of that exact same guy. <laughs> Naturally. It's labeled Robert Elvin. <laughs> and he meets your eyes. And he winks. Unsettling. It's a sexy wink. That's what I said. <laughs> Not like yeah. he's coming on to you, but like okay. he's it's it, he's Charmed. conspiring with you. Oh, gotcha. Um, a conspiratorial wink. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sort of give him a salute, and then like I'll whisper to you from a like. I think that's the guy that everyone's talking about dying behind us, next to the standee at the of himself uh yeah i i guess that makes sense to stand next to yourself when you're a celebrity at a convention i don't know i never have been someday you from a surely um regardless i just didn't realize he was already in the room with us you from doesn't want to let go from like draw attention so like it does he look disturbed at all the death predictions no he seems rather happy with all the attention freaking weird okay which makes me think he's the one who somehow slipped all of these in i mean it's possible what better way to get attention i mean and clearly as a man standing next to his own standee he's (laughs) a man who likes attention that still doesn't explain how he would have done it though because like that lock doesn't look damaged or brand new. And that box is too nice to cut up to get into. We're going to have to figure out where the box stays in between the conventions. Yeah, I would think right? of one of the organizers place, but like, who knows? They're, they're psychics. They can be weird sometimes with that stuff. I feel like weird about most things is an apt description. Like, no offense. Like if we found out that they kept in like a storage locker on a pedestal just by itself, I really wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not that surprising. <laughs> Either way, if this is why I was called here, that would mean that this isn't just some ordinary sleight of hand. Something bigger is going on. Something with magic. If you want to call, yeah. I get to call things that now is kind of cool, actually. It, again, I. the world's weird. <laughs> Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> the predictions at this point have stopped. They've run out of paper to pull out of the box. And <laughs> all of them, save one that is signed Robert Alvin, predict his death. What did Robert predict? Um, a new restaurant. Uh, it is the safest psychic prediction because restaurants maybe last two or three years at this yep. location. <laughs> that's two or three years anywhere, really. Um, if you ask around the crowd, people miss the restaurant that it was like three restaurants ago. <laughs> was it like some generic ass Italian restaurant? No, it was 
a place called Harold's New York Deli, and they served, like, foot-high sandwiches. <laughs> like, you'd order one sandwich, and it would feed, like, six people. Jeez. Yeah, I can see why. And, more importantly, they had a pickle bar. Missed out on the fucking pickle bar? It was like a salad bar, but with exclusively different kinds of pickle. It was kind of, kind of incredible. <laughs> Cat is now just basing this off something from its life. <laughs> this hotel is literally based off of a hotel near where I used to live. So yes, <laughs> literally, this is just a hotel in New Jersey that had Harold's New York Deli in it for a very long time. And they served matzo ball soup where the matzo balls were the size of slow pitch softballs. And okay. It was incredible. I, this is very odd. Because, oh my god, what if the order sent me here because there actually is something happening and not just to distract you from a... Are you saying that or thinking it? No, <laughs> thinking <laughs> that. Sorry. I'm just processing out loud. I'm an extrovert. That's how we work. Um, I need somewhere quiet, somewhere I can concentrate and sort of feel out the energy here. If there is something that you would call magic, um, it's hard for me to just reach out, um, especially without people seeing. Yeah. I.e. I the graves or the tomb thing. Yeah. Um, tomb things are my favorite Warhammer faction. <laughs> Damn it, cat. Great, great chariots. Um, um, like... You gotta be in the hotel for that? You could think... Okay, you're gonna get used to me making water analogies. Um, if you dripped blood into a river, the further downstream it goes, the more it dilutes. Kind of the same thing happens with energy. The further away it is in space and time, the more dilute it is. So the sooner so we, and closer, the better. <laughs> so you need, like, a magic hose like shoot further i just need somewhere quiet <laughs> to sit down where i won't be disturbed is there like a booth around here that isn't claimed that we can protect i mean, I mean there's benches out in the hall the, oh, the hotel the hotel room people... has the hotel the hotel specifically has a business center which is just a like windows xp <laughs> a computer and a printer, printer. <laughs> i'm walking past those can can people see into it yes okay yeah just from a quick glance around, you probably need to get a hotel room. Well, how long is this convention? Three days. Okay. You, you could share in a room, Euphrema? I mean, I'm fine with it. I think we're going to be here. Um, and what's a dad's credit card for? Um, okay. <laughs> dad's well, credit card has the vibes of sister's kid. <laughs> <laughs> The, the true the true magical artifact um okay i i am going to head to the lobby then okay uh in the lobby you see that same hotel manager brayden winters he's standing at the front desk looks like he's sifting through some paperwork or something um excuse me are there any more open rooms for this weekend you know you're actually in luck we've had a cancellation uh, you know i i would say luck but who could have predicted space, that right it, <laughs> you got to the joke before me um <laughs> Okay, um, it is... I'm sorry, I'm not going to do the there's only one bed trope, because that's dumb. Uh, it's two queens. Perfect. Um, do you take Amex? Uh, yes we do. Runs the Amex. 
Okay, uh, so we'll keep this on file. We'll charge you on checkout uh, three days, I assume. Oh, yeah. We're like the here two nights. convention. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Um, incidentals will be charged to this credit card. You can pay with cash or with another card or the card we have on file once it comes time for checkout. Perfect. All right. So here is your room key. Uh, how many keys will you need? Um, two. Two. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're in room 305. The elevators are just over there. Um, and we do a continental breakfast in the room over there. It's served from six to eight. <laughs> Morning, people. Okay. And um, you should be able to, from um, the info kiosk over there for the convention, get a directory of everything and everyone who is going to be participating this weekend. Is there anything else I can help you with? Um, anywhere? Wait, Trattoria de Luca opens tomorrow? Uh, no, they opened last weekend, actually. Oh. It's run by a brilliant chef, an o- older Italian woman, Nona de Luca. I... <laughs> Look forward to trying it. Um, There's also the um, Longhorn Steakhouse across the street. If you go a little bit further down the highway, there's some really excellent Indian restaurants. Um, Do you have any particular dietary restrictions I should know about? I can make some other recommendations for you. I'm good. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm Brayden. I'll be here if you need anything all weekend. Thank you, Brayden. Okay, let's get up to the room where I will sit down on the bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Which bed, left or right? Uh, closer to the window. <laughs> okay, um, right. left. Which way are we looking at it? Facing the TV or away from the TV? We're facing the headboards of the bed, and the windows are on the left side. And... I don't know if I've ever been in a hotel room that did that. <laughs> Usually on the right side. <laughs> what? What? I think it's like 50-50. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm consistent in my hotel rooms, apparently. <laughs> Like, even in, like, X-Files and Supernatural motels, it's a 50-50 thing. (laughs) The clown motel is 50-50. Okay, so you sit on the bed and perform your ritual magic. And I rolled a four plus... No, five plus two. No, you rolled a seven. seven. I'm just saying, I've rolled very poorly today. (laughs) Yeah, you rolled a four... A two two and a five isn't bad, per se. It's just you have nothing to help it out. Yeah, you know... It's, it's not the worst. Um, okay, so your effect. My effect is investigate a mystery using magic because I have the, um, the mm-hmm. move for my playbook, Old Black Magic. So this will require ritual chanting and gestures. Cool. Uh, what is your glitch? Oh, sorry. The keeper decides what effect the glitch has. Okay, so you pick a glitch. I decide the effect of the glitch. Yeah. I think it has a problematic side effect is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So tapping into the magic, ask your investigative mystery question first, and then we'll talk about the side effect. What happened here with specifically with the box of predictions? Is there something going on that's supernatural? Yes. Someone with a very specific kind of otherworldly magic has not actually swapped the predictions but instead just rewritten them so it's like the paper was it's like the letters the ink was pulled into different shapes all to predict the death of robert elvin 
it's a kind of you get the sense it might be a bit of fae touched magic and your problematic side effect is as you get in touch with this magic you become acutely aware that you have an audience no one in the room per se other than euphrema but just to the left of the dimension that we occupy. It's like you're on a stage in front of a crowd and they are watching you. It's like, you know in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door when you enter battle and there's a bunch of people in the audience watching you fight? It's almost yeah. exactly that vibe. So, you want the good news or the bad news, Euphrema? Um, you know what, give me the good news first. I like to start on a good foot. Something magical is going on. Okay. The, not the box or the lock, the actual paper, the predictions, were rewritten after they were locked. Like, the ink itself has been touched. Cool. Okay, so what's the bad news then? There's something here that knows that I know this, and it's watching. Uh, can you, like, close the, the curtain? Sta- when, when you say that, the crowd stands up and cheers. I try to close the curtain. <laughs> Break whatever tether this is. I'm, I'm glad my analogy worked. <laughs> Um, I, I kind of feel like you might have to use magic to do that. Interacting with the stage yeah, is no, that's... not something you can do normally. So if you would like to reroll to use magic. Yeah. Hey, success. That's okay. I'm just going to say that it works out perfectly. Um, you get up in the room and walk to the corner, to basically over to the wings. The crowd boos as you go off stage, and then the curtain closes. You, like, actually have to pull a rope to close the curtain and everything. Did, did you actually just exit stage left? Um, <laughs> does Euphrema see me closing a curtain? Yes, Euphrema does see you closing a curtain. Huh. And black... Picks with Dice is a part of Danger Square Productions. To support the work we do, visit dangersquare.ca. Monster of the Week is written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice or to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners and in a close second or five-star reviews. The theme song for Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse is My Mommy Dom Spit in My Mouth and Now I'm a Commie by Over My Dead Name. Visit linktr.ee slash omdn for Allison's other work. This episode also features music by Sounds Like an Earful and the track She Doesn't Like to Be Seen off the album Smart Girls Don't Pass by Nasbandi. You can find more Nasbandi on Bandcamp or on Instagram under the handle Nasbandi as long as you replace the A's with X's. This episode features Erin Cotter as Euphrema Naaman. Erin uses they-them pronouns. Fortnite 40 gay luminary Erica Belsauce played Riley Knutson. Erica uses me-all pronouns. It also featured me, Kathleen Hislop. I use it, its, and she, her pronouns. Until next time, keep an eye out for anything weird. Um, what do you think is happening? I think the TV psychic 
is not human and is somehow related to this show, this production that I'm now a part of. Hence uh, the conspiratorial wink. I kind of don't want to know if I'm right. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm not going to tell you specifically, but um, all the world's a stage. So take from that what you will. Yeah, jeez. It's huh. like Rush said. And we are merely players. Performers and portrayers. <laughs> Limelight is a good song, but that is very explicitly also a Shakespeare quote. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to end my recording. All right.